0: Welcome to the second podcast from the MA in Geography and, and Spatial Justice in Maynooth. And today we have Laura uh, Detimovsky, who is a PhD student in the Geography Department. And um, her work is looking at urban environmental justice or environmental justice in a city with a particular focus on Dublin um, and various issues around um uh, uh, housing and around um, cleanups uh, projects, and also flood um, mitigation projects. So, Laura, maybe you could just start off by saying a little bit about how you got interested in the, the area and the topics, um, and a little bit about what your the research that you're going to discuss today.
1: Yes, yeah, sure. So, hi everyone. Um, so uh, my research project for this class um, focuses on potential links between environmental justice and housing quality. Um, by housing quality, um, I mean issues, housing issues uh, that have been less given less attention. Uh, for instance, um, dampness or multiple indoor hazards overcrowding, uh, pest infestation, uh, because um, I guess most focus has been on maybe more on toxic exposure, indoor and outdoor, and uh, maybe a little less on these um, housing quality issue. So um, my attention was drawn uh, to these uh, housing quality issue when I was doing some um, community work. Uh, in Dublin, in South Dublin, um, so I was mainly I was mainly working on maybe greening um, an environmental project at community level. And um, uh, one day I heard about a campaign uh, laid by public housing tenants um, who wanted to get uh, better housing conditions. So they were uh, complaining about um, overcrowding in their uh, residence about issue of dampness, um, about rats infestation as well. And um, it really made me think about um, whether it would be relevant to to consider these housing quality issues in terms of uh, environmental justice. And um, after a bit of thinking, um, I found that uh, actually housing quality was very much about environmental health Uh, both mental and physical health and and so it would be relevant to try to consider them from um, an environmental justice perspective.
0: Mm. That's fascinating and uh, you know I think that probably to most people listening you know they think about housing think about the city you know the environment doesn't spring to mind you know people think about the environment they think about trees and and bees and, and fields and, and whatever. Um, so thinking about housing as an environmental issue or an environmental phenomenon, I think is is already a kind of a jump. And I was wondering if you might say a little bit about the kinds of the existing scholarship that's out there, which has tried to make some of these connections between environmental justice um, housing and I guess like you say that this this area of environmental health is the thing that connects people's bodies and the kinds of conditions in which they live.
1: Yeah sure, so um, I think it was very helpful uh, for me to go back to the, the kind of uh, history of the concept of environmental justice and how it all began. Um, so I have been uh, going through the the work of Robert Bullard Uh, Dumping in Dixie, um, among other works. Um, So um, it explains how uh, the concept of environmental justice uh, appeared in the U.S. in the 80s and uh, was drawing heavily at the time on civil rights movement. And uh, I think the main uh, claim of that environmental justice movement was that um, people of color and low income communities were the most, uh, by far, the most exposed to toxic pollution um, in, their, in, in the form of maybe uh, toxic dumping or also the seating of toxic facilities near their communities. Um, the, the second, maybe, aspect of um, that movement with their uh, specific definition of uh, the environmental and what counts as environmental. Um, I think it's a quite a holistic way of um, engaging with what is environmental uh, because um, for them, the environmental was um, about um, health, of course, but also livelihood, uh, housing and housing condition Uh, Also, access to education, access to employment. Uh, In a way, I think it um, was—it's close to what uh, that other concept of um, feminist concept of social reproduction, uh, which um, consider uh, equally important um, the condition of, um, of I mean, how we live and how we work and how we reproduce. And they consider that um, many aspects are important, like again, the health, uh, access to education, means of livelihood and the housing as well. So it's very much about having that holistic um, approach to environment and, and the environmental. And I think even at the time uh, when the, the environmental justice um, just uh, begin, began in the US, um, there were already um, other kinds of environmentalism or environmental movement, but uh, it was more about conservation and it was more about uh, yeah wilderness conservation. It was mostly uh, white and higher income community-led movement as well. So uh, at the time, um, I think the environmental justice was just... Um, to say that um, social justice and um, different as- other aspects of our life could be and would be relevant to uh, how to think the environment and the environmental.
0: Great, yeah, that, that is, that's really clear and a really nice introduction to the kind of history or background of environmental justice. And I guess then the other aspect of your work maybe you could talk a little bit more about is is the housing. And um, I know you mentioned there, you know, the ways in which the the early environmental justice movement in the United States was around, you know, focused on these kinds of, you know, toxic dumps and these, um, the siding of, of, you know, waste incinerators and so on. But I wonder if you could say a little bit more about how I guess there are different kinds of concerns, environmental concerns around housing. So, so the kinds of things that you're looking at, say in Dublin today, it's not really toxic dumps, you know, it's, it's different kinds of issues and concerns. And I wonder if you could just say a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think in the, in the Irish context, um, there has been um, different campaign at different times around uh, housing quality. Um, and again, from my research, I think it's um, it, it focused uh, and it's still focusing um, on the yeah the housing quality in terms again on of overcrowding um, dampness um, pest infestation um, also the presence of hazard in the house. Um, so, I have, have looked at different campaign um, and uh, some of them from uh, public housing tenants, some of them also in the uh, private rental sector as well. Um, I think recently, um, well, we we also had um, the direct provision uh, campaigning, have been also uh, putting the emphasis on uh, bad uh, housing and living condition in direct provision center and um, most recently we also had a debate i think the overcrowding um, issue has been uh, mentioned again in the media and um, in the political um, um, environment as well and uh, we also had the debate about uh, co-living for instance and we have seen a lot of communities opposing co-living as a non-sustainable housing. So I think we have seen a lot of of these debates about housing quality uh, in the Irish context.
0: Absolutely, and I wonder, you know, there's a clue there in the word, I guess, of housing quality, which is, and and might get you into talking a bit more about the kind of politics of knowledge and and expertise. Um, Because, I think maybe understandably a lot of the focus in, in Ireland now and, and, and for you know for a while now, at least sort of 10, 15, 20 years, has been around quantity of housing. So the shortage of, of housing housing, you know, the numbers of homelessness, uh, the cost of rent. So they're all things that are kind of quantified. Um, and and kind of, you know, and that's important. But I wonder if the kinds of things that you're getting at around quality of housing the different types of ways people are affected um you know when we're talking about health psychological and physical health i wonder if you could say something about that i mean why that is you know you know not just important but maybe why it's 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 not as easy to articulate or it doesn't gain as much visibility maybe within the kinds of debates around housing
1: yeah i think um uh, what I have uh, observed, at least, uh, is that the, of course the, the issue of uh, homelessness um, is very um, has a lot of visibility, and uh, of course it's it's very important to address that issue. But yeah, I think you're right. I have um, I have observed that the maybe the, the the housing in terms of quality of housing is less uh, maybe slightly less discussed or has a bit of less visibility. Um, I think um, you also mentioned the knowledge um, politics of knowledge behind it and I think um, maybe um, maybe one reason that could explain um, that, that that issue has, has been less discussed is that um, uh, maybe residents or the people affected by poor housing quality have been less um, uh, engage in the process of, um, you know, discussing housing quality, uh, debating about housing quality and what would be good housing quality, and also discussing about um, how they are affected by uh, poor housing quality. Also, maybe how it accumulate um, these different bad condition accumulate uh, with each other, how they interact with each other, uh, because sometimes, for instance, you can here that um, maybe focus about housing quality is on overcrowding. But I think um, instead of maybe separating the different uh, housing quality issue, it might be also useful to put them together and to consider the house as a, you know, these housing quality issue are concerned as a whole, and how they they have been um, maybe lived by people who are affected.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess, I guess just pushing that a little bit further, um, you know, some of the examples that you point to historically in Ireland or even in, in the present, I think for the most part, the campaigns are in the context of social housing. So it's it's tenants in, in um, council housing. So there's something already kind of shared there, maybe. There's something about the the, uh, even the physical housing that was built at a certain time, that maybe the same kinds of problems arise for a number of, of tenants, similar to the history of the environmental justice movement. You know, if there's a toxic waste dump on your doorstep, you know, there's ways in which that might affect a number of residents. But I think that with some of the issues that you're getting at, like dampness, for example, particularly in the private rented sector where tenants are, you know, disaggregated and separated from one another, and where the issues are quite specific to specific, you know, properties. I wonder if you could say something about the difficulties that poses in in making that a shared problem. You know, if if politics is something that's, you know, you know, is collective, or if if ways of addressing these issues has to be a collective, um, how do these, you know, uh, uh, you know, housing quality problems which are experienced in quite specific ways and specific properties by specific people, um, how do they get, I don't know, raised or discussed as something that is shared? You know, where might they find a level that is, um, you know, common?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very important question. Um, I think um, from the, um, regarding the private rental sector, I think we are seeing a lot of um, maybe uh, tenant union um, working uh, in that sector to try to address these issues. So I think from what I have uh, been through, I think um, these unions are both trying to address um, individual issues, but they're also trying to frame these issues uh, at a more collective level. Uh, and I think it is exactly what you're saying. I think it is important to recognize um, housing quality, also uh, or poor housing quality as a, shared, as a shared experience and as a collective experience. I think it, is, um, it could be interesting to see how also maybe a little more how it affects uh, different groups as well. Uh, maybe according to class, according to uh, race or ethnicity, according to gender, age, and other other social um, aspects. Um, so I think maybe that would be that would be a way as well to to try to build these experiences um, in a more collective way uh, beyond just uh, uh, the relationship between tenants and landlord which is also very important, but um, yeah, maybe the collective aspect would be also to try to see which groups are maybe more affected by these issues.
0: Yeah, and that, I guess that that links again to the kind of environmental justice framing that you're trying to bring, that there's a an understanding that, uh, you know, the distribution of environmental burdens or risks is is always intersects with, you know, other kinds of structural inequalities around race or gender or class. So yeah, I mean I think and that's something that we don't see a lot, probably in the Irish context where tenants are are generally it's just this figure of the tenant. Um, so that I think that that is interesting. I wonder if 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 you could say something about I know it's not maybe the focus of your 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 research, but you know something about the you know, the, the the structural, so if these, even though the kinds of housing quality issues might be kind of specific to particular properties and affect people differently, there is something structural about these, um, you know, declining quality of housing, which is related to the other kinds of issues raised by housing campaigns around affordability, for example, and access. I was wondering if you could say something about that. So the kinds of political and economic structures, so the policies and, you know, the ways in which housing has been developed in Ireland over the last 15, 20 years, particularly. I'm wondering if you might say something about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not an expert in that field, but uh, I think my understanding is that um, for now, um, um, the re- the reliance uh, to, to try to fix the housing issues, these different housing issues are mostly um, yes, to rely on, on the market, um, and uh, there's a lot of private actors, um, developers, uh, both um, uh, corporate and from international, and also at a more, um, you know, micro, micro level. But so it's very much about, um, yeah, private, the private sector, uh, involved in the housing um, and uh, the housing, yeah, is expected to be to be solved uh, through market um, solution. Uh, and I think maybe um, or, today the, the emphasis and the, the demand of the, of the different uh, housing groups is uh, for the state to get more involved and to propose more um, um, public housing and social housing but i think in this context in the context of the my research my little research i think it is important maybe to emphasize that we need more public or social housing but we also need the quality uh, for these housing
0: yeah i think that that's really interesting because there have been as you said debates around co-living and also about you know changing restrictions or regulations around um the space, the size of a flat and and on street parking and these various elements. And that's about the government trying to reduce costs for private developers. Um, And I think that maybe in the kind of rush to build houses, which is where the emphasis tends to be is on the numbers of houses built, it can easily be lost that, you know, that they need to be quality. And I think that the Celtic Tiger, the experience of the Celtic Tiger and the, the ghost estates and the really poor quality houses that have been built is a really you know important legacy that we should remember there um maybe uh, you know even pushing that a bit further you know would you say something about um you know not just about quality housing in terms of health and about the the conditions for, for for humans but you know the the other context that we talk about the environment and housing or the built environment is obviously around energy um uh climate change uh, and the kinds of materials that are used to build houses and I wonder if you could say something about that as well so it's not just building houses that don't kill people but it's also building houses that might be you know better for the environment um, and how that might relate to what we're discussing
1: yeah I think um I think uh, yeah we have seen um Um, eco housing um, projects and um, yeah thinking about how as you said how to make housing uh, more sustainable and less harmful for the environment so I think it is very important I'm not sure whether it has it has been um, thought or brought forward for the public or social housing as well I'm not sure about that but uh, I think the other way, uh, the other thing when you um, talk about um, climate change and housing, uh, there's another thing that comes to mind is that um, the, the, the threat or the dangerous hazard or context is not just about um, indoor quality. And I think um, the, the quality of the building of the infrastructure itself Uh, relates to also, um, I would say, um, external, exterior hazard. Um, So when you think of climate change, for instance, um, so you think um, of um, uh, extreme weather um, events, for instance, or flooding or storms, and um, I think um, these um, housing quality uh, issues are also about uh, how to face uh, external um, hazard- and um, in, especially in, in the context of climate change- and how these events are going to be probably more um, recurrent and happening more often. Um, and I think I uh, have read uh, on that topic, have read um, a paper by uh, Cindy Katz, who is actually uh, describing the um, uh, Katrina um, hurricane and how it affected the New Orleans. And uh, she explains really well how um, uh, certain areas of the city were uh, more affected and really badly affected more than others. And she really explains really well how um, it wasn't just about the, the, the hurricane itself, but uh, it was also more about um, decades of disinvestment or um, neglect uh, in, the, in the housing, in the health system, uh, in the social system in um in other areas as well so she's really using that social reproduction approach um, but to explain that the vulnerability to um climate change events uh, is not just about the again about these weather uh, events uh like hurricanes but it's also it's also about uh, the vulnerability, uh, ongoing vulnerability of uh, communities and their infrastructure, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah that, that's a great example. And I wonder if you could apply that to Ireland. I mean I, I, and I know that you're working in the a context in in South Dublin where there is a around the puddle, isn't there a flood alleviation scheme? And so I wonder if you could say something about that and maybe how that intersects with some of these issues. Um, and I guess the question of, of who gets who gets the infrastructure, you know, I mean, if, if climate change is going to bring these weather events and these kinds of environmental um, hazards, who gets protected, and whose houses get protected? And I suppose that's the key question.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a it's a key justice question, and I think um, we need to keep asking ourselves this question, which is very important. But in yeah, in the in the specific case of the of the puddle, um, uh, there was a flooding of the river in two thousand and eleven, um, and so unfortunately, very sadly, uh, there was uh, one victim uh, of the flooding. Uh, so one person um, was living in a in a basement, and uh, wasn't able to escape, and so uh, was drowned. Uh, sadly. Um, And so, uh, of course, uh, that terrible accident uh, was uh, due to flooding. But um, uh, the expert uh, at the time also uh, pointed out that uh, the the accommodation itself um, in the basement uh, wasn't health and safety compliant and uh, wasn't um offering any kind of exit in terms of uh, in in the case of of bad event that could have been that was flooding at the time but they said that could have been fire as well for instance. So I think this example is very interesting because uh, as you said it really shows how um housing intersects with the outside, the inside and uh, yeah I think it, it it's it, it's asking a lot of questions and again, it's asking um, who is protected from um, yeah from climate change and who is not and who will not be.
0: Yeah, uh, ex- ex- exactly. And you just have me thinking again about another way in which it intersects, which is around um, retrofitting around houses that are not considered to be particularly climate Um uh, what would you call it? Um, compliant. So it's not just being, you know, responsive to hazards, but the, the the extent to which they use fossil fuels, for example. So houses that are not energy efficient, that lose heating, that rely on oil um, heating systems, all of these things, which again, are going to intersect with, with class, um, even geography, so rural versus urban. Um, and I also think with tenants, I mean, so if you think about uh, uh, tenants, their landlords have less um, incentive to make uh, the properties insulated. So it ends up being the tenants that pay for the extra costs in terms of heating. So I think you've really, you know, you've tapped into, you know, you're tapping into all sorts of ways in which housing today, particularly, in you know, focusing on the Irish context intersects with, um, you know, not just environmental processes and environmental governance, but also, you know, has to be seen through a justice lens. It's really fascinating. So maybe just to finish off, I was wondering if you could say a little bit about, um, um, you know, where you're, you're, you're gonna go with your research and, you know, what your next steps are, and, and maybe even uh, any suggestions you have for people listening, scholars, geographers, uh, or people involved interested in in urban environmental issues, kind of areas that they could look at.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, what would be um, what would be most interesting um, in the in the in my research, from my research perspective. Uh, because I'm really interested in the politics of uh, knowledge and the politics of environmental knowledge. So I think one way I would very much like to develop further my research would be to try to um, find ways to um, include uh, people, um, resident affected by poor housing quality in, in the kind of knowledge production um, and to try to to find way or suggest ways to to build that knowledge. Uh, Because as I said, for now, um, that knowledge production is mostly around um, uh, still a very bureaucratic, uh, technocratic jargon. Um, And I I found there is very little space for um, other kinds of um, knowledge, uh, which would be uh, maybe built um, directly by people affected by these uh, housing quality issues. So I think that would be my main, uh, maybe my main um, concern and my main, um, the main direction I would take today with my research would be to go to try to see how to, how to explore um, this knowledge production from the people affected by poor housing quality
0: great and and that's a really um kind of nice point because I guess it cuts across all of these different issues that we've raised you know around exposure to to climate hazards to you know internal health problems across different tenures that you know people might be interested in in the different facets of how housing intersects with environmental justice, but I suppose one thing you're saying that's consistent across all of them is that it's important to start i guess methodologically and and um uh, uh, you know, intellectually, from the, the 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 experiences of those who were affected and the kinds of knowledge that they have, and the kinds of ways in which that knowledge might disrupt um, existing discourses and and ways of governing that. So that's really helpful. And thanks so much for such an interesting, you know, if brief sort of survey of of um, you know the relationship between housing and environmental justice and. Hopefully there'll be people listening who are inspired to go off and and pursue their own um, research projects around this. So thanks for your time, Laura, and, and best of luck with your research.
1: Thank you, Patrick.